Welcome back, dream builders, to another episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm so excited to bring you today's guest. I have Shalia Reed with me. She, you guys, she is amazing. She's an identity coach, and she also is a chief communications officer for a school district. She helps Um, And she's also an author, and she helps others discover their authentic selves to become effective leaders. She's got a brand new book out called Do You, The Audacity to Live a Bold and Authentic Life. I cannot wait for you guys to meet Shalia right after this. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high-achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Please meet Shalia. Hello, Shalia. Hello. Thank you for those nice comments. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, they're all true. <laughs> Thank you. Some days you don't feel gorgeous. Some days you just got to pretend like you, you 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 mean it in your heart. And that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm leaning into the, the, the compliment. Well, allow me and my energy to scaffold you in that as as we go through this podcast interview. So thank you. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you are an identity coach. And I have to ask, because one of the things about the Dream Design podcast is that it's really about tapping into individuals who've said, "Mm, you know what, I'm not doing that status quo. I'm not going to go do the thing that, you know, we all went to school for. Like, I'm going to do what's on my heart. I'm going to create my own identity and my own vocation. And so I would love to know what was the trajectory for you to go from whatever it was that you thought you were going to do to becoming an identity coach? Well, you know what, now that I think about it, um, Amy, when you have a name like Shalia, you have to figure out where you fit in the world. I mean, you kind of stand out. You're someone's going to stop before they say your name. And so you, people are looking at you. So you got to figure that out. And I think I've had to live up to my name. I asked my mom what it meant. She doesn't have a definition. So I'm, I've been making it up as I go. And part of that is I've just had to be me. I've had to live authentically. I've had to lean into the things that make me happy, the things that make me stand out. And along the way, people kind of started asking me questions like, well, how do you operate in corporate America, right, with a funny personality? Or how do you, you know, how are you, why are people talking to you? Why are you so funny? And so I just kind of talk to them about what are the things that they know about themselves to be true. And that kind of led me down this path of coaching. Um, And before it was a thing, before people were even knowing it, I was mentoring and coaching. And once I finally put a name to it, I realized I'm simply just helping people be their best self, using the things that make them them and helping them shine brightly in the world. And so that's how we got to Identity Coach. Um, And that's what we're doing. We're just helping people uh, shine the brightest they can um, in this world. I think it's so powerful that you mentioned that difference between the coaching and the mentorship, right? And like helping people figure out who they are. And I think it really speaks to a new level of understanding and evolution when it comes to 
the coaching and mentorship process because people don't want to know how to do it anymore. They don't, they're not looking for your best practices. They're looking for you to help them tap into the wisdom that they already have and the genius that they came here to use in, you know, their soul's journey. So I love that you're one of those, you know, ushers of that new dimension of, of development and leadership. Um, that's, that's a really, really powerful thing. And I, I love that about you. Thank you. So I have a three-year-old and, um, it really is his fault (laughs) because I don't know, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to, I was hoping for a little girl who's going to be my mini me. Right. And so, but I, instead I got a little boy and he's not his father's mini me. He really is himself. He wants to do it on his own. He didn't do anything by the timeline, Uh, that, you know, that's in the books. He did things on his own time when he wanted. And ultimately he helped me to see like, you can't make him to be someone else. You've got to tap into and strengthen and help him realize his priorities and his gifts and figure out how to use them. And so I, I blame my son, you know, his name is Alden and Alden is just him. He does things slowly. I mean, he, he doesn't really have meltdowns. He eats what he wants. But those kids like Alden can really help us all understand that we don't have to do things the way they show up. We don't have to do things like our neighbor. We don't have to do things like our boss or our mom or dad. We really can do things on our own timeline. And we really can um, benefit from the consequences, both good and bad of, the, bad of those. And so what I help people do and even just regular conversation is, if you do this, do you know what's going to happen next? And most times people know it's helping them understand to take the risk and enjoy the ride. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It's about the ride. People have the illusion that it's about whatever is on the end of of the ride, but the ride is is actually what it's all about. It's about Mm -hmm. looking out the window on the way to the destination and having those experiences. And I think a lot of people forget that. And I think a lot of, a lot of society is designed to make you forget that, right? Like you don't have time to slow down and look at what's going on because you've got to amass this much money and you've got to, you know, I always talk about what's his name, Bezos and how he is building a penis rocket to the moon. Like, (laughs) you know, like where, like where do you draw the line? Right. When you're constantly pushing forward for some arbitrary goal, like you turn around and you're like where was my life like where where was all the things in between and you're like well I'm gonna enjoy that when I get to a point where I feel like I've done enough and then you turn around and your life's over and you're like yeah I never I never felt it there's been another point and another point and another point so the the ride is really what what you said it's the journey the journey is where the joy is the journey is how you find out um I look you look at your knees I'm going back to my kid example you know, he's already scarred up. He's got a scar on his forehead. He's got a scar on his elbow. He fell off the monkey bars. Well, he's three. He shouldn't be on him anyway. But there was some fear. And like now he's able to jump through that. Like he doesn't have that fear anymore. And so I think there's some joy right there. Some some the anxiety has gone. The frustration has gone. Yeah, he has a scar on his forehead. But now he has a whole story to tell about it. Um, I have a swollen lip. You probably can't even see. But one of my lips is swollen. I tripped over a suitcase. After like two two days of like nonstop partying, we came home, my family came home and I tripped over the suitcase. I ended up in the hospital with stitches. I mean, when I put on lipstick, you can't tell. Your eyes got big, but we laughed the whole time to the air to the to the um to the hospital. 
we were like bumming up a baby. One of them had to sit in the car. Like it was crazy madness. The stitches happened. We have a bill to pay for it. I wish I never would have fallen, but there was some joy, some laughter in the story. We live to tell about it. And, and many times we don't live to tell about it because we want it to be perfect. We don't have any scars. We don't have any war stories. So we just go from the next thing to the next thing. We don't get to bring those with us. And unfortunately, I think we're missing out. You have to be prepared for that experience by living through something. And if you never live through it, you never experience it, then then you you don't really know what that big thing you're waiting for, those fireworks. You don't never you don't ever get that. You don't ever get to enjoy that feeling because you're on to the next. And I'm with you. You we've got to slow down and like lean into it. You know, um, Drake, the rapper, says it best. Like nights I um can't the nights I can't remember with people I can't forget. Like though that whole moment is is something. There's something about that. You know, there's some nights you cannot remember what happened. You can't remember exactly what happened. It was probably much like the movie um, Hangover. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, the people that you were with or the experience you have, like those lived experiences are really what help us help our lives are are, are so much fuller because of those. Such a good point. And, you know, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago about the challenges and like the things that we go through. And it's so interesting, like, the, the frame of reference that we look at our challenges really makes a difference in, mm-hmm. in how much stress they really create. So like you look at like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody ever sits there and goes, oh my God, I can't find that edge piece. It's missing. Right. Like I need to go lay down. I'm so stressed. Nobody mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. But when we look at our life and the challenges of the puzzle of our life, it suddenly becomes this crisis. And it's like, where do we assign or why do we assign a different level of angst and stress and, and, and worry to that kind of puzzle when essentially by yeah. and large, it's the same. I mean, barring anything that's life threatening, but yeah. if it's something like, you know, how am I going to pay this bill or how am I going to deal with this? Or how am I going to, you know, how am I going to make this happen? 99 times out of a hundred, that puzzle piece is just under the table or it got stuck under another one, you know? They might be connected together already. Yeah. Oh, you know, like when you have a puzzle and it's not well-made and it's just like die cut and the piece fits, but it yes. doesn't fit and you're yes. just like, oh, dare you. You're so mad. You got to like peel off that little wooden part. I mean, that little paper yeah. part. And I like, can't stand like, it. The picture doesn't go together, but like all of the, like there's 25 pieces that fit that. And you're just like, why? Why? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so I'm a rule breaker. Actually, I have this, when I interview for jobs, right? Well, interview others for jobs. I have a question that I always ask. Are you a rule breaker or a rule follower? And people always look at me like, you know, they get questioned. They they kind of wonder, they pause. And I think they're looking to me to tell them there's a right or wrong answer. And there's not. I am a rule breaker. I, I just don't believe in them. In fact, there's a whole chapter in the book called the rules are fake and it's simply because they are like the rules are fake amy don't believe it you don't have to cut all your lights off you don't you can leave them on and you can sleep with sleep with them on you don't have to um have pumpkins out in front of your house because it's the fall you do not have to do that you can in fact put up your christmas tree whenever the hell you want i mean there are no rules of life we've created these rules and we're following them. And I think that is causing our life so much more 
frustration than we need. You know, I, I was working at this job and they told me that I had to, to clock in. Like I had to go to the clock and like clock in. Well, I'm the kind of person that rolls out of the bed. If you tell me I have to be there at eight, I'm there at 7.59. Um, you're not going to get any extra time for me. So for me to run by a clock, not going to work. That You're taking my time up if you wanted me to be in a certain place. And they kept telling me over and over, you must, you must. This is, this is a rule. This is what you do. Well, I never clocked in. Okay. I still got paid. So if I didn't clock in and I still got paid, that means your rule didn't work. Ultimately, the rules are fake. I mean, that's an extreme example, but there are so many things that we have put place in place of our life that have we've created as rules. And if we don't meet them now, like you said, we're crawling back in bed and we're sad and we're frustrated. Right. You don't have to um, meet the boy or the girl and have the baby and then, I mean, get married, then have the baby. You don't have to do it in that order. You can do right. it whatever order you want. Right. <laughs> you can do it whatever you want. You can decide, I don't want to have the kids, you know, yeah. but there's these rules that we've created and they come from us being on social. They come from us watching the Kardashians on TV, you know, following this rocket. That well, in the pandemic, like, you know, everybody was like, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear, I'm like, I'm not wearing a damn mask. I'm not wearing one. I don't want to wear a mask. You can wear a mask and I'll yeah. stay away from you if you want me to stay away, but I'm not putting, I'm not doing that. And for two years, I never wore a mask. Mm -hmm. I never did. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think I killed anybody. I, <laughs> I didn't ever get COVID. So I don't think I did, but but I think what you're saying is true. Like, like there's so much pressure to do yes. things in a certain way. And it's like, you do you. You do you. Because if Hello. You, you, you just said it. Do you. If you, you got it. You, then you're not you. And if you're not you, then you are withholding the U-shaped hole that you were here to be. That's exactly right. Like, you, you have everything you need. And it fits in that, going back to the jigsaw, your piece fits in this larger puzzle. Mm -hmm. So if you're not being used, someone is looking for that puzzle piece right. and, you, and you're not the right shape. Right. And so now the puzzle is empty because you were deciding to be something else. Exactly. Um, and that, that's, that's simply how I've had to start living my life. Like, I'm just me. I can't be something else. I can't change. Although, you know, I have these kind of roles I'm supposed to play, right? I mean, I have a mom assignment, a husband, I'm a wife assignment. I have these roles, a daughter assignment, but I don't have to be whatever someone thinks that role is. I'm going to bring my best self to the table and I promise you I'm going to fit in this puzzle and we're going to all work together. Yeah, exactly. And like for me, like I'm a mom of five kids, right? And they're, how old are they? They're 10 and under. So, <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a wonder that I remember. So because of that, like, there's a lot of pressure to like create, like you said, like mini me, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to be just like I was. And, and I grew up very much in a kind of like, I'm going to say this delicately, um, but I grew up where it was kind of like, oh, you're here. Okay, great. Well, let me feed you. Let me clothe you. Let me do this. And now go do your own thing. Right. So there mm -hmm. wasn't like a lot of like collaboration. And mm -hmm. so there's, there's very much like this feeling with my kids that, they need to be their own people and right. they need to figure out that like their whole people without me, like, you know, hole punching a piece out of it of myself and then being like, okay, fill yourself in around all the parts that aren't just a carbon copy of me. So yeah. I've been really, really mindful about that with my own children. I'm so glad you said their whole people. 
Um, there are so many of us who are working with adults who are not whole and your children are going to be adults one day and working in a workforce will be leading lives and, and they need to be whole. They don't need to be filled by the next best friend, the girlfriend, the boss, like someone won't have to fill in those holes that you punched out. Right. Cause you are trying to raise a whole child. Yeah. And that's difficult because you don't know how the whole child will look towards the end, but your job is just to help them, I guess, help them stay alive. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I just, because I everything just, else is up to them, right? That's it's right. their soul journey. They are here. They came here with their own thing. And like, God's got them, universe, source, whatever's got yeah. them. Like my little boy, you know, he's three. And it's interestingly enough, um, we just celebrated, um, rare disease day he has a very rare disease i don't even know how many people have it but it's it's not a lot of people mm -hmm. anyway um he you know when he first came to you know was born i was like oh my gosh my son has all these problems this is so awful this is so awful and then one day i was like wait a second he was always going to be this person right he was coming here to be this person the question wasn't will your son have this abnormality the question was here's this person do you want to be his mom yeah and that yeah. was such a mind-blowing epiphany for me like he was going to be him no matter what he's got this he's on his own journey and do I want to be a part of it that's the choice I have can I ask you a question what have you learned from that journey I mean just that he he's going to be who he's going to be you yeah. know and like my job is to support that and to love him and to take the joy and the love from mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. and really to slow down and, and notice, I mean, he's three years old and he doesn't sit up on his own. He can, you can prop him up and he'll stay up, but he doesn't sit up. He doesn't walk. He doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. um, and he can't feed himself. He doesn't put his hands to his, you know, I mean, he puts his hands to his mouth, but he doesn't hold things. Can you imagine the victory that, that a mom like me would have from seeing a child hold something? Yep. I mean, that is something like when he started pulling himself to sit, just like pull, like pulling him, it was the most incredible, like it was better than anything I'd ever experienced. And right. I never would have known in my youth that that would ever be something that would blow my mind like that. You know, like I was just, I was in awe of him. And right. my other kids, it's like, oh yeah, they've been picking things up since they were three months old. You know, mm -hmm. it was never a thing. And with him, everything he does is it's a celebration. Yeah. I, I, so even in you just telling me, I bet I've learned, I mean, I'm thinking about patience. Like you have to be, you have to slow down. You can't rush the process. You yeah. just have to like live in the moment until it comes. Like the joy of celebrating, like, like you said, like when you said he holding something in and picking himself up like that, you're celebrating all those things. Yeah. When, you know, when you said I have five kids, right. So probably kid number two or three, you know, you're like, oh yeah, he was walking or, you know, like there wasn't this overjoyous um, idea. I mean, and I think that we all do that. We yeah. don't think about that. We like, there's so much that goes into putting one foot in front of the other that, but because we walk all the time, but because we, you know, we dance, we don't even think about all the things that it takes to do yeah. that. I know. I, I, I wish that we could slow down, you know, as the holidays come around or, you know, we get a break here and there. We we do get to slow down and most of us, you know, lay around and eat all day or, or you know, just soak it up. But what if we did that more often? What if we didn't what if we didn't live a life where we had to slow down and there were built in breaks? 
And I just wish that that's the life we could all live. The life that we we we've manifested and dreamed up that made it such that we enjoyed every single moment and not the one week at Thanksgiving or the two weeks at Christmas. And, and I think we're I'm moving towards that evolutionarily. Like I do, because you see mm-hmm. people, you know, the great resignation and people yep. are leaving their jobs and people are not settling for you know, uh, less than what they feel like they deserve in a way that they never have. I mean, individuality has become such a crux of society. I mean, you look Mm -hmm. at, you know, all of the different, um, you know, um, sort of looking for the crusades for, you know, gender equality Mm -hmm. and and the different, you know, non-binary and all these Mm -hmm. different things and transgendered. And when I, I remember being, I don't know, I guess a teenager and being like, I know people are born in the wrong bodies. Like that has mm. to be a thing because I, I don't know how many people know this. So I was born Catholic, right? I was mm-hmm. born Roman Catholic, but my dad is Jewish. My mom's Catholic. And so I always felt more drawn to being Jewish. Like I just always did. I always felt more drawn to that. And I used to say that I felt like I was born into the wrong religion. Like mm. I, so I really resonated with this idea of people who were born in the wrong body, but like, People weren't talking about that. That wasn't a conversation to be had. Like, no, people like that doesn't happen. And now we have an entire faction of society. That was born into the wrong body. We have said, hello. Yeah. Born into the wrong body. Yeah. Yeah. And we're having this conversation about this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have even thought that. But we're having this conversation where this is becoming so much. Well, it's important what the individual needs. It's important what the individual requires and and what's going to make them feel whole mm-hmm. whereas in earlier society i mean go back to rome and children weren't even considered people that's right like little automatons that you you know you could use for your own having forbid pleasure and it wasn't until the advent of christianity when they like invented children like the idea of the no but it's true like there's this whole thing about how one day, you know, that there was this idea that like children are the future. I mean, not to quote Whitney, but like for real, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm laughing because again, this is not something you've ever that you don't think about on an everyday basis. Yeah. You have to like pause and really consider. Like at one point, there was there was no child, right? No. And then one day there was. Yeah. And exactly. somebody was thinking about like, wait a minute. Children are the future. If we don't have children, how do we have people? Like someone thought about that. But again, if you get caught up in the rigmarole of the world, yeah, it's all about like work, right? It's all about like working the land, sustaining yourself, food on the yeah. table, as opposed to enjoyment and like prosperity and like what's next. Exactly. And what's exactly. Next. And 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 being able to perpetuate and kind of instill that individuality into the next generation. Mm -hmm. Like for, you know, you with your son, like Mm -hmm. it's important that he's a whole person and that he understands like, okay, there's mom, there's dad. And you know, then there's me instead of like, I'm a piece of mom and a piece of dad. And when I make mom happy, I make dad sad. And when I make dad happy, I make mom sad. And it's like, who am I supposed to be? And like, I think we're really getting away from that. And so this is such a powerful conversation, Shalia. And like, I didn't know it was going to go this way. I had. <laughs> I love, I'm, I'm glad. I love it. I yeah. love it because I really genuinely feel like the more we can have these conversations, 
about the evolution of society, about where it's been, right? Like I was talking to somebody earlier today and we were talking about how I, I think the oldest person, let's just conservatively say it's not true, but let's say conservatively that there's someone who's alive who's 200 years old, right? That means yeah. that anything beyond that, we really don't know what happened. We really don't. Right, we only have like a story of. We do, and those people could have fabricated that and we would mm -hmm. never know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We just don't know. And so, you know, we think, oh, the Egyptians lived thousands and thousands of years ago. Maybe they lived 500 years ago. Like, how do we really know? Mm -hmm. Nobody was around then. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, so much could, like, we just, we can only track, or maybe let's say a thousand years, you know, 2000 years ago, whatever. But we can only track, like, what somebody could have witnessed. And everything beyond that is like, maybe. Yeah, so this is weird and going to be like a strange, the people listening who don't have little boys won't get this. But I don't know what a triceratops really should look like because I've seen like 12 of them, right? My, <laughs> my son is completely into dinosaurs. What color were they? Right. Like I have a purple Triceratops in one room and upstairs there's an orange one. Is the damn thing orange, red, purple or green? Right. I do not know. Right. Because right. it's like you said, somebody's version of the story made it orange. Mm -hmm. Someone's version of the story made it green. Someone's version of the story was this. And because no one is here that saw it first, I can't go and ask. Right. Or like, so like historically, like Richard III. He's known as being this king who was awful. They made like a Shakespeare play about him. He killed his nephews, he killed his wife, blah, 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 blah. Right, like all these things. And then you go back and look and you find out that actually he wasn't a bad king. People didn't really not like him. He never did anything to the princes in the tower. His wife, he didn't, he didn't kill her either. And it was just a smear campaign because a different ruling family came after him. Yeah, and so yeah. like, how do you then go back and take everything you've learned about that and change it and think something different and completely just be like, okay, so that truth isn't even true. Then it comes back to what you said about there's no rules. I would argue there's no truth. <laughs> like, Well, it's yours. I would tell you it's yours. Yeah. It's your truth. Yeah. Whatever you need your truth to be. Yeah. That's what your truth is. And and so that bring, it, you made me start thinking about the crown. I'm not watching it. But I know a lot of people are. Yeah. So in like a hundred years, which will which version of Diana will be true? Right? I know. Will it be the TV so version? And Megan too. Like maybe Megan will be, you know, completely the like the flip-flop. We don't know because people will tell their own version of the story. And I that's it comes back to this whole thing of like, do you? Because someone's gotta tell the story their way. So if you live your life the way you want to live it, with your rules, um, using the strengths you have, you get to control the narrative. But right. if you try to be what someone else wants you to be, you don't know how that's going to show up in the TV show. <laughs> you right. know, I, I also have this like crazy, cruel joke that we're all on a reality show right now. Like yeah. there are people watching us because there are some no way possible. Some of these things that have happened in my life are like not manufactured by big brother or someone but like 
Well, so that's why just keep doing what you do. Big brother too, because you are the God consciousness inside of you that's creating the illusion that you're this little tiny piece, but you're <laughs> actually this big thing. So you're like watching it and living it at the same time, but not allowing yourself to have the understanding of both. It's weird, okay? But so we just <laughs> might as well just live this thing out yeah. <laughs> rather than sitting at home, crawled up in that bed, trying to figure out what was me, what am I going to do next? Yeah. Just yeah. live it out yeah. because it's all going to come out in the end. Right. And the, the, other, the other thing is we all win in the end, Amy. Yeah. We all win. I mean, yeah, there's some bumps, bruises. There's some like mistakes and challenges, but there's a win in the end. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get some sort of victory in the end. Whether if you believe in God, then there's that. If you believe in something else, I'm sure that there's another version of the story where you're going to have a crown or, um, you know, you're, you're going to win the millions, whatever it is. But you're going to win in the end. We are not meant to be. We're not meant to be desolate and ruined people. We're right. meant to be victors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is such a powerful thing to say, because mm-hmm. so many people think like, why am I suffering? Why is this happening? And it's like, my husband has this saying, he probably stole it from somewhere, but everything is for the good. Everything is for the good. Everything is for the good. No matter what it is, it's for the good. Maybe not right now, maybe not tomorrow. But you know, it's what is the thing, Casablanca, but soon and for the rest of your life, whatever it is. I'm going to write that down. Hold on. It's for the good. I mean, like, I probably say that without even knowing I say it, but yeah. husband just gave me a new one. Yeah. Everything is for the good. Everything is for the good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, words to live by. So tell us. So you wrote a book. Tell us about your book. So um, I have these things called readisms, which I just wrote down your husband's. Everything is for the good. I have like a million of those one liners. Um, it's complicated. Um, uh, do you. Uh, the rules are fake. Um, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And over time, Um, through the people I've interacted with, I just use those in everyday conversation. Mm -hmm. And one day I was thinking, why don't I put that on paper? Because I don't want to forget them. And um, all of my friends were saying, well, have you told people that? You should write a movie. You should go do the." And one day I was like, I'm just going to put it all on paper. And however it comes out, it's going to be a book. And Amy, by God, I had a baby. I have a three, a nine month old too. So I just started writing. He was up, I was up, and I just started putting putting words to paper and put it together. And so now those readism ha- readisms have come to life with stories, whether they're mine or someone else's. And I hope that they're able to challenge others to ultimately live their best lives, to live authentically and boldly. Um, and like I said, to like get to the end where they win and they're able to live um, them, live as themselves and not as what they think someone else wants them to be. So I wrote it. It's out right now. It's out for pre-sale. Um, we're going to, uh, you can get it at shalia.com, which is my website. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's magic. So um, you can get it at shalia.com and um, it's for pre-sale. We're going to release them uh, the first week in December so that they'll be home in time for Christmas and they can go in stocking stuffers. People can take them for the new year so they can kind of be their best self in 2023. I think it's new year, new me. I think that's the phrase that people say or 23, be the best version of me. Ooh, I just made that up. Um, Whichever one it is, it'll be available. And really, it's not meant to be read from beginning to end. I'll show you a little bit. It's a little nice little compact thing here. Um, It's not meant to be read from beginning to end. You can read a chapter. There are some reflection questions at the end. People have a chance to like figure out how they're not being their best self. 
and ultimately, like I said, they can live, they can be doing them. So is it okay if I give you one? Can I, can I contribute to the, to the Shalia isms? Absolutely. I'm writing them down. I'm ready. Okay, perfect. So, you know, this story of Roger Bannister and how he um, wanted to run the, they, they wanted to run the four minute mile, but people Mm -hmm. were like, there's no way that's going to happen. And Roger Bannister did it. And then two weeks later, a bunch of people did it. Right. Right. Like like once he made it possible. So Mm -hmm. mine is the distance between impossible and possible is a lifetime. Ooh. The distance between possible and inevitable is a choice. Ooh, that's good. Huh. I'm going to write that one down. You, you and your husband have now contributed to my list. I know. Of reasons. I know. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I think we don't realize we talk in these ways all the time. And and when you start just reminding yourself of them, mm-hmm. it, it, it make I think it helps you to like go forward. It does. And, you know, speaking in metaphor and being mm-hmm. a storyteller is something that is so undervalued, mm-hmm. like on the surface, but mm-hmm. like subconsciously people love it. And it's yeah. so important, but people don't say, I want to be a good storyteller, or I want to learn how to speak in, you know, metaphor. Um, but it's so powerful and it's such a great way to make sense of our world and, and just kind of like who we really are and what we're here to do. And I think you do a phenomenal job of that. I have had Thank so you. much fun hanging out with you. So this is exciting. where do people go to get in touch with you, to hang out with you, to talk to you? Sure. If they want to see pictures of my crazy son living his best life and, and me living out my days, they can go follow me on social media. It's only one, the number one Shalia. S-H-E-L-E-A-H on all sites, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, sometimes Snapchat, maybe not so much. But, she gets around um, y'all. She's yeah. You, when you go on those sites, you can see everything. And, and really, hopefully, you'll see that who I am is matching what I'm doing. We're, we're living our best life. We're just doing us. Um, and I'm, you know, telling them, coming up with a new realism every day. I love it. I love it so much. This has been such an invigorating conversation. I'm so grateful to have met you. You guys, isn't she amazing? I told you she'd be amazing. Anytime Veronica recommends somebody to me, I know that they're just going to blow it out of the water. So Shalia, I'm so grateful for you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Please don't be a stranger. I won't Um, you either. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding? You're not getting rid of me now, girl. (laughs) I'm sending you the book. You can read it and now you can have all your own readisms right at your fingertips. Oh, I would love that. And I bet my daughter will steal it right away because she's <laughs> 10 and she reads everything. And she'll be like, mom, did you know this? She bought, just real quick, she, she borrowed a book of mine the other day that's called like Bad Days. And it's mm. like a book that we got from Target. And she's like, mom, it says in the book that the parents are supposed to have a smaller bedroom, even though like the houses are set up for the parents to have a big one and the kids to have a small one, because you shouldn't be doing anything else but sleeping in your room. Like, honey, that's somebody else's truth. (laughs) That's right. And that's how they feel. And I need to have a sitting room in my room so I can continue to be a contributing member of society and not go crazy. That's right. I need to do more than that. Yeah, yeah, she'll definitely be stealing it after I read it, of course. But thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that will do it for another episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, 
Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.